Good to see your smiling faces. Mommy's Day. All right. Well, you start looking back and thinking, like I do when you know when you get to be my age, you, you can have a lot to reflect on. I've got even more to look forward to. But I was thinking about, wow, two sons, six grandkids, two great grandkids. We're uh, so glad to be able to enjoy the life of the Spirit of God. God calls you a kid because you are his child. And that's good news. We're going to be sharing on the power of God today. Um, Where is it? We have a world filled with turmoil. And just like today, I didn't get wet on the inside. I don't care how hard it's raining because I carry my weather on the inside rather than look at all the things that are going on and going around. Because God will work it to the good as only he could, as only he would. So every song we do is on purpose. Every song is chosen because of the words in it as well as music and other things. But the songs today were set up for in agreement with and to encourage you with the power of God. I've already got a couple of testimonies from a couple different people. Well, praise the Lord. Already. And we haven't even started this series yet. It was going to be one message, then it was going to be two, then it was going to, it's going to be at least three. And those of you that are around here all the time know that this happens quite frequently. Thanks for uh, supporting Pastor Kelly last week. Uh, I went down and got half of Texas saved. And, uh, you know, I have so much fun down there because I know these people so well at that church. I was there when they planted it 13 years ago. And um, I wasn't there at the church, but I was there with the church there. And I have to tease them a lot. You know, I like to use my, my one-liner deal. Yeah, you know that you look at any map, you know Oklahoma's above Texas. So that's, you know, and they caught that real fast. And they didn't throw any eggs at me and, and no spoiled oranges or anything. But we're excited about having like-minded churches that we know that are spreading the gospel, that are preaching truth, that are not moved by the things happening in the world today, but instead look at the Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit, and take advantage of what God has for us. And hey, we're not going to keep it to ourselves. That's not the point. We've got something good to let loose and let go. And today we're going to be talking about that. I want to encourage you along those lines. Uh, I shared a message last week with them that's kind of a little compact of what you're going to be getting for the next several weeks. And I really believe this is the heart of God speaking to us at this time because the world is messed up because the church has been messed up. And the church has been messed up because there's a bunch of pastors messed up. Now, I'm not greater than any of them. I'm not better than any of them. Might be better looking than some of them. (laughs) But I tell you what, together we can grow in Christ and increase the strength that God has given us and be filled with the Spirit and be strengthened 
in our inner, inner man with his power to change and affect those around us. And, you know, when you, the light comes into the dark room, the dark flees. So we're going to practice that in principle every day of our lives. Good, there you go. Good place to say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that you've made it, that you may be glorified. And we thank you that we're here today to celebrate motherhood and to celebrate life in Jesus Christ for your glory to be made evident to all of those around us. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, I'm sorry that Pastor Kelly didn't have much energy last week. He thinks he's the Energizer Bunny, I think. But the Energizer Bunny couldn't preach that good. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, we're going to open up this morning, and we're going to do, do quite a bit of Scripture reading this morning. But we're reading it to bring out what God has, the fullness of it that's been set there. This particular first Scripture about 2,500 years ago um, 2,700 years ago for us today, and it's more current than any network news you'll read tomorrow. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, the NIV heads this section of comfort for God's people. Uh, how many of you know there's people that need comfort today, and you're one of them? As we read through these scriptures in Isaiah 40, you're going to see some verses that are fairly familiar to you. Some of you are really familiar to you. But instead of plucking a couple of verses out and sharing those, we're going to read the whole chapter because there's plenty in there for us to see and plenty in there for, to be released into our understanding. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Talking about John the Baptist. In advance, of course. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It doesn't make any difference what you see right now. God will turn it around if you'll just allow him to do that in your life and in the life of those around you, regardless of what goes on in the rest of the world. Verse 6, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. That really sounds encouraging, doesn't it? And all human faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail. Oh, wow, Lord, you're encouraging me a lot there. Because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. 
The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. There is so much right there in those verses. And regardless of what you see, what you hear, what you feel, the word of God will sustain you through each and every situation and give you the victory, not just to get by, but the victory to get over. Praise God. And his word is a communication to the gospel. Okay? It's the communication to the gospel. Because there are a lot of aspects that can be released regarding the power of God. For instance, the word of God, yes. The blood of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. The name, the blood, the word. But the word reveals the gospel. It comes from the gospel that God has set in motion, that God has proclaimed, that God has said. And we must realize, and this, we're going to read some, some other great parts here. We must realize that uh, we're dropping the bucket. We must realize that we're one little dot on a wall that circles this earth. We must realize that in the midst of the universe, with billions of not only stars, but billions of galaxies, that we are totally insignificant as far as what we are are as a human. But as a child of God, we get to understand our Father. And the heights and depths and lengths and breadths of the love of Jesus Christ, which passes all understanding. But if we see ourselves for what we are as a human, then it will give us the perspective to see what God has done, is done, and wants to do in our lives. Verse 9. You who bring good news. The gospel is literally the good news. This is the Old Testament. Okay? God is releasing things that haven't happened yet. The gospel hasn't been released yet to the understanding of the people because Jesus hasn't come yet, and it can't be. But he's already talking about it. By faith, they saw beyond themselves. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on the high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice and shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. It's a proclamation that all of us should have on our lips. To praising God and speaking the word of God over our communities, our families, ourselves. Use the person in the mirror to preach to That's a good start. Verse 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. That's the care of the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. He draws us and carries us to his heart. 
Verse 15, surely the nations like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? See, a lot of people think that God is just a, a big man, a big guy. They think, well, he's just kind of like a super superhero or something. Oh, no, 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 no. No way. No comparison. Not even close. Not even a per full percentage of, of the truth. When we get a picture of God and how awesome and big and fantastic and all these words that, you know, can't even start to describe him when we get a glimpse of that and then we see what he says about us what he did for us at the cross for his purpose implanted in you to be the person the man the woman of God that you have been called to be with purpose and a vision and a future the most important thing being of course is our relationship with him everything comes out of that relationship. Verse 12, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? I love that. Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens. When God said light be in Genesis and created everything. Shoof! <laughs> The breadth of my arm goes, what, four feet? <laughs> and he, he's created places that we literally cannot get to if we've traveled at the speed of light in 200,000 years. <laughs> How do you comprehend? You can't. But it's fun trying. It really is. It's fun to try to pick out and think about how big God is. Oh, praise God. Or with the hand marked off the heavens, who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? <laughs> or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? <laughs> Just think about all the mountains on being in the earth, on being one side of a, a, a balance, a teeter-totter, a scale, and all the hills being on the other side. <laughs> And to see which one has more weight. You know, we think, well, we can't even move a hill, much less a mountain. Well, maybe over the next 300,000 years did we get it done, but exaggerating, being silly. But the fact of it is, he is so far beyond. Stretch out your understanding. Get your thinking large. Don't hide the thoughts of God. Look out in the stars at night and go, wow. And then turn around and go, wow. Say it backwards, wow. And think about, think about it. Think about how big our God is. 
We're just teensy, eeny, weeny little dots. Even the mountains of this planet are. Oh, and God knows how many hairs I have, which is a pretty easy job, I guess, really, compared to most of you. <laughs> but he knows that about me. He knows everything about me. And he makes it personal. He's not some God that's far off in heaven. He's not some God that's made of stone or made of wood or some God that's, you know, can be worshiped only at certain places. The veil has been rent. The Spirit of God has been released. And He's there for us today in every way. Come to Him. See that He's good. Tell Him your issues. Seek His face. He will give you answers. Praise God. Verse 13, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? <laughs> and who taught him that right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Yeah, uh-huh. He didn't have a tutor. He didn't have an instructor. He didn't have a book that he read to find out how he would do this. He stepped out of nothing onto nothing and made everything that was made. There's not anything that's been made that he didn't make. Verse 15, surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. Oh, I've read that before, haven't I? Uh, I'm, go ahead. They are regarded as dust and scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals burnt enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are nothing. They are regardless by regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. And then continuing verse 18, with whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. People too poor to present such an offering select wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Verse 21, do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. I was thinking, need Josiah here this morning to show us what a grasshopper hops like. <laughs> he could do it. <laughs> The people are like grasshoppers. When you were a kid, you ever try to catch a grasshopper? And then you got tobacco juice on you? <laughs> you don't like grasshoppers? <laughs> well, aren't you glad that's what God thinks of you? <laughs> He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. You can have billions of dollars and guess what? You don't get a better seat in heaven. Uh huh. In fact, most of the people, well, we won't go into that. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some in the Lord. 
24. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. See, when he is talking about the Lord blowing, he's just talking about what's going on in the earth. And if people don't build their house on the rock, Jesus, it will fade away. The strength of each individual person is nothing. It's nothing. Doesn't make any difference how many pounds you can lift as a power lifter. It's nothing. How big your pocketbook is nothing. Now, it's good that people have money. It's good that people like to do powerlifting. But compared to him, it's nothing. And the fact of it is, God looks at everybody, not with equity, but with equality. Every one of us is made in the image of God and loved by him. And then we have an opportunity to please him. And our behavior pleases him. But it doesn't earn us a seat in heaven. It'll get you some awards probably if it's something he asks you to do. But a seat in heaven is only because that your heart is owned by the Holy One. Your heart is in the hand of God. Your heart is what he sits on the throne of. And all of these things that he does are for our good. You know, if, if I need to be corrected, he will correct me. Yeah. It is what? It's good. A fool pushes correction by the side, but a wise person draws it close to their heart and mind. Verse 25 To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. <laughs> that's like having an ocean front that's 100 miles long on the beach and there's not one grain of sand that's missing. <laughs> Not one grain of sand. Not one star is missing. And he knows the name of each one of them. <laughs> you thought that Adam naming the animals was a big task, which it certainly was. I'd like to name all the stars. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding will not fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
This verse, the last three verses, a lot of us familiar, you probably have seen sometime a poster with these verses on it. Well, you see, you place them in significance of the meaning of the scripture here, that it means so much more. You realize, I'm grass, I'm a flower, that's it. And you see, God says, but draw near to my heart. Let me show you something. Let me give you an understanding of that you've come to me, who you've come to. How great, how awesome. We're, we're, on Wednesday nights, we're doing the awe of God, and it's like, ah. If you have the fear of God, you run to Him. If you're afraid of God, you run away from Him. You recognize who He is, and it's like, ah, wow. I love to look at a beautiful sunrise or sunset and say, my daddy painted that. He did. And I'd like to think he painted it just for me, but he painted it for all of us. But it's personal because he is a personal God. He's not so far removed that we can't reach him, can't touch him, can't bring him into our lives, and even better, jump into his life. You can choose blessing, you can choose cursing. Choose life. It's much better. <laughs> When we start recognizing how awesome God is, how much that He cares about me, He may see me as a grasshopper, but He doesn't treat me like a grasshopper. Oh, He gives me provision like He does them. <laughs> but He made us in His image. Just the way that we've been made was a purposeful thing. In his image. Not to be a God, not to be a little God, but to be a Christian, a Christ follower. To be able to recognize that man by himself would be like grasshoppers, would be like flowers, would be like grass, would be lost. But he, by his son taking on the flesh, God in flesh, came to this earth, born of a virgin, talked about many, many years back in the Old Testament, and the manifestation of his birth, coming to this earth, born in a stable. He didn't come as this glorious, triumphant king. He came as a little baby. Yeah, he wore a diaper, didn't he? <laughs> Byron and I were talking about that a while ago, in a way. And he grew up in stature and wisdom. He, was, he grew up and he learned the Word of God as a man. He was God. He never laid down his deity. But he didn't think it to be equal of God, so he came upon and put on the flesh of himself. And he goes to, uh, out through all the area of that earth. And he raises the dead. He heals the sick. He opens blind eyes. He opens deaf ears. He teaches beyond the knowledge and understanding of any man that had ever walked on this earth before, during, or since then. And he shared with us the very gospel, the word of life, and what it would be like to be transformed from that old into the new thing. And how he gave us his word 
and how he places that in our heart now by his spirit as we read the word, as we study, as we ponder, as we fellowship and talk about it. And how this perfect man who was nothing but love, after three and a half years of adult ministry, became the sacrificial lamb to pay the price for our transgressions, sins, shortcomings, iniquities, disease, sickness, poverty, all of those things. He is the Redeemer. He bought us back from the enemy that Adam had turned us over to. He paid the price of the death on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, He was raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And He lives today making intercession for us. Being the mediator between us and, and, and God. He's, it, it's it's a, a marvelous thing quite unlike what we could ever think or ponder. Those, those verses that you've read and quoted maybe or heard somebody else quote in Isaiah 40, coming to life, we see how awesome God is. We see how fantastic He is. See what He's done, thinking about how big He is, how large He is, how it's inescapable his, his reaches. How if I could take a couple of toothpicks together and make some kind of little something out of it, he's made the universe. Yeah. Ah, what am I? A mirror man? And what, what is he? See, you, you'll never understand yourself until you understand God. And when we understand what God says about us and what He's done for us and the depths and lengths and heights and breaths that He's gone to to be able to seek us out. When I was trying to go to hell, God wouldn't let me. When I was living like the devil, God wouldn't, He wasn't pleased with that. And He kept t talking to me and kept pulling me, kept whispering to me. And I was just, no, you know, give me another beer. Give me two more beers. Give me 20 more beers or whatever that I was using to escape. And I, go, I run as fast as I can, as far as I can. And guess what? Can't outrun him. The Holy Spirit was after me continually again and again and again. And I have to either accept or deny that God is real. He loves me. He cares for me. He's, he's created everything. He's created this living space for humans. This one little bitty, incy teeny weeny planet, planet. He's created for us, for humans. There may be life in outer space, but there's not any human life. Jesus died for us. And maybe we open space up. I don't know. Maybe we don't. We will eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, not by our own power. <laughs> Moving right along. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4.
Verse 1, again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. When you sound on the water, it just goes, just carries. It's, a, it's really remarkable. You can listen to a motorboat going way out there in the water and feels like it's a few feet from you. He got in a boat, sat it out on the lake where all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, the farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Birds in the Bible are a type of the devil. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. That's the type of somebody that hears the good news of Jesus Christ and shouts and jumps up and down and all around. Two weeks later, they're back doing the same old thing because they didn't have, one translation says they didn't have root in themselves. Okay. They weren't planted. It's dangerous to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and then don't do anything with it. That's not the intention. The intention of being born again, to be saved, is to put you in Christ and start your walk. To be able to grow in this life, spiritually speaking. That's the intention. The devil comes immediately to steal the word. And if you're not grounded in the word, if you're not grounded in a good church, if you don't have good fellowship with other Christians, if you don't have the word of God and you have prayer life, then you're going to wither and you're going to die. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. And there's so many people today that think they have fire insurance and they don't have really much of anything. And then they wonder how come they're going through all the issues that they're going through. <clears throat> the fact of it is, you should live the overcoming life. And the overcoming life, again, is on the inside. Now, things will happen on the outside. And God will promote you through faithfulness. And he will bring you to areas that you could never, ever, ever think about yourself. And you will have the fruit of the Spirit, which is non-purchase, uh, you can't purchase it, you can't buy it. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. God will change you, change your life. But it's little by little, here a little bit. We, we, our, our life grows in this life. And it's not ever going to be complete until we go to be with Him in heaven and then we're still going to be growing. We're going to be growing forever. We're going, to be, we're going to be searching the limits of God forever. 10,000 years from now, bright shining as a star. <laughs> we're still going to be growing in Christ. Okay, it says in verse 5, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Verse 6, but when the sun came up, 
The plants were scorched and it withered because they had no root. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. My brother-in-law is a wheat farmer and they have, I can't even remember what they call it, um, cheat. <laughs> they don't call it chaff. It's cheat. And that's all the, the weeds that grow up. And that's not good. And if you have so much of it in your wheat, then they're going to cut your wheat when you try to sell it. Well, this is like thorns. It's cheat. And if you let it go, it'll take your whole crop out. So you don't have anything. Verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. The guy goes out. He's a farmer. He's got a bag of seed. He goes out. He takes the seed. and Some of it fell on the, the asphalt, the road there by the farm area. And the birds came and ate it. They made good, good, uh, made good with the, the, the seed. The second one is planted. It goes into rocky ground. This is not the good soil. It's been turned and turned and turned. It's rocky. And it just goes so deep in there. And it springs up. It's the first seed up out of the ground. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But yet, the sun comes. And it's, the sun's supposed to help grow. But because they have no plant, no, no roots... It withers and dies. It's gone. It has no fruit ever. And then number three, and this is the one that's really dangerous, and we'll read a little bit more about it in just a minute. But this is happening in so many people's lives here in our country these days where they've got a good start, but they don't carry it through. There's no perseverance. There's no strength of going I don't care what the newspapers or the internet says. I don't care what I hear on radio. I don't care what's going on here. As far as I'm concerned, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's it. And that's the, that determination is necessary, especially as we see these days come upon us, which we've been sharing some of that. We'll share some more in a, in a few weeks about some of the things in the world today. But we're there to not only to stay strong, but keep our family strong, help our brothers and sisters, our, our neighbors, encourage people, uh, get in some good conversations and talk to people. They need it. There's people that are, they don't know what to say these days. Well, if I say this and say that, you know, and they're going to call me that and they're going to call me this and they're going to, really? You're going to let those people control your life? You're going to let the news media control your life? You're going to let the politicians control your life? Vote for somebody else. <laughs> Send them 20 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Think where you are. Don't be the little, you know, the guy walks into a bar, you know, he's got this little 
A little aunt, he's been teaching it for the last several months, how to play the, this little bitty piano. And he puts it, that little ant and that little piano in a little matchbox, and he goes into the bar, and he pulls it down and puts them on the bar table there. And he said, hey, bartender, I got something to show you. I've been working on something for six months. Nobody else in the world's ever done it. He said, you see that little ant there? Bartender goes, that ant? See, some people are working on the wrong things. They're working really hard and they're working really diligent. But yet it's to come to naught. There's no really purpose in it. Oh, well, I'm making good money. Well, God wants you to be blessed. And it's fine that you've got a good income. Is it ruling your life? Who's, what are you serving? God or mammon? I know I've been through these things before. Don't be thinking that you've got this holy, holy pastor up here that's just been perfect all his life because he ain't. A lot of you know that. Haven't sinned since, well, yesterday or this morning or never mind. That's the reason they hate Jesus. But I remember the days of seeking this and seeking that and seeking this and seeking that. And there was nothing to ever fill me until I came into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, became spirit-filled, got in the Word. And (laughs) there's nothing else like it. That's the way God intended it. Jesus said, verse 9, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving. And ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. We can never overestimate the power in forgiveness, being forgiven of our own sins and forgiving others as we have been forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. Some, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Blip. They go to church or they go to a meeting or they go to this or that and they hear the word of God and they, on the way home they've already lost it all. That preacher just wanted my money. Or did you see that woman how she was dressed? Or I couldn't believe that one person. I saw them last year and they're talking all about how they love Jesus and everything. Well a year ago they sure didn't. Uh, hypocrites. Well hypocrites are not hip with it are they? but they may be closer to God than you are. Whoa, moving right along. (laughs) Verse 16, others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. Trouble or persecution comes because of the word. They quickly fall away. It's kind of like what the devil did in the garden. Did God say? Yeah, somebody goes to church and guess what? 
get a message. They turn on the internet and they listen to a message on the internet or whatever they do. And they tell their next door neighbor, oh yeah, really that religion stuff? Yeah, I know, I understand all that stuff. Yeah, I used to go to Sunday school when I was 10, 11 years old. And I quit when I was 14. Mama couldn't make me no more. Verse 18, still others like seed sown among the thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the worries of this life, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and joke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word and accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So here he's explaining to the disciples what the parable is all about. And he said it's the most important parable that there is in the Bible, because if you don't understand this one, you won't understand any of them. The seed is the Word of God, and it's sown on all different kinds of of grounds. The same seed is sowed on four different kinds of ground. The difference in the production of the seed is the ground, not the seed. Now it's considering it's good seed. Okay. But that same good seed went into all these different four kinds of grounds and it only produced fruit in one of them. Three different ways the fruit was stolen before it happened. And that's what is so sad about so much life today. People, well, I know all about religion. They don't know anything. They're trying to avoid or evade what you're sharing with them. I don't want to share religion with anybody. I think religion sucks. You got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do this and that, but not that and no. Yeah, Christianity's life. And it's wonderful. And you can only experience it once you're born again and once you have grown in Christ. And it's necessary. And like grass and like flowers, if you quit growing, you will wither, you will fade. Your spiritual life must be kept going because you need what? Food. Spiritual food. The bread of life, Jesus called it. The Word of God. The bread of life. Without the bread of life, you'll fade. You'll wither. You'll waste away. We understand the Word of God. And the Word of God is a communication of the life of God. It's the communication of the keys to the kingdom. And when you're good ground, there will be a production in your life. And the 30, 60, 100 fold, that's just progression. That's, you know, 30 fold, maybe next year 60 fold, maybe next year 85 fold, and the next year 98 fold, maybe the next year 110 fold. You know, the Bible talks about Isaac, and God gave him a hundredfold first year in his crop. That's pretty good stuff. Put out ten seeds, you get a hundred plants. Mm-hmm. 
I remember in the garden that we had in Texas when it was the first new house that we had ever purchased, and we had some acreage, and Teresa wanted a big garden. And so we made this garden out of almost rock. I mean, it, I, was, I had a guy at the tractor come in and disc it. And then I got a, I bought a, <laughs> I bought a tiller and I'm, I'm tilling the ground and the clods are so big. And when I'm come up there and just barely missed my head, it's about as big as my fist. I go, golly, this is serious business. And so we had to what? We bought in sand and we brought in gypsum and we turned it with it. And, you know, every year she planted tomatoes. She always wanted tomato plants. So she buys these tomato plants and we had tomatoes. And the next year, she buys the same amount. And we had a lot of tomatoes. So the next year, she cut it in half. And we had half as many plants. And we had twice as many tomatoes. And every year, we were reworking with the soil. More gypsum, more sand, you know. And I'm not exaggerating. Every year, like four, five, six years in a row, she would cut the tomato plants down in half and we'd get more tomatoes than we had the year before. I remember right before we moved from there, she had a porter tomato plant that was like this huge bush, just rounded perfectly. And he was still putting tomatoes off at Thanksgiving. See, it was good soil. And you know, it took some work. Yeah. It, it took some time. It took some patience. It took some moolah, you know, had to buy some things. But it's a, incredible to me. I just go, golly, we had okra bushes, that, or okra trees like this, and big, long pieces of okra that weren't hard. They were real soft. It's like, golly, this is such a blessing. Uh, but that was just because the soil had changed. And you can become good soil and you can become better soil. Praise God. Well, I do want to read uh, in Psalms 119 real quickly. And we've already done this song today. Psalms 119, 105. Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. So, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. That means wherever the Word of God goes, you'll have a lamp to your life. And you'll have light so that you can see where you're going. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws, proclaiming this, the Word of God. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your Word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. He had already read the laws, but now he wanted to be taught what he was reading because he didn't understand it. Though I constantly take my life in my hands. Had a rough life, David. I want to read um, I want to read one more passage. Short. But it's it's culminating and the message. And it's uh, 2 Timothy 4 1. 2 Timothy 4 1. If you want to stay, I can actually share this for the next three or four hours. You think I'm joking. Don't get nervous. 
Don't get nervous. I've got to read this right here, and I'll read it next week too. 2 Timothy 4, 1. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Okay? So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to Timothy in, in particular. But, you know, these are his, this could be the last uh, scripture that he actually wrote before he, he went on uh, to glory. But he said, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Oh my gosh. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Each one of you is a minister of reconciliation. An ambassador of Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Folks, there's so much right here in these few verses that are imperative in this day and time that we need to understand. Verse 2 again. Preach the word. Not positive motivation. Not ooey-gooey-feely. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. The Word of God is nice, and it is sweet. It's kind of rough sometimes, too. Be prepared. Can you share the gospel with somebody? Ask you some questions. Do you know where to get the answers if you don't? In season, out of season. In other words, when you anticipate it and when you don't anticipate it. Yeah. When somebody knocks on the door and all you've got is a towel, you just came out of the shower, you're trying to put on some clothes real quick, and they come into the door, and who do you know? God may have sent them there. If you hadn't had that happen yet, you hadn't lived. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. Sinners are sinners. You got to love them. And careful instruction. In other words, don't fall, don't fall away and keep on the subject. Now, if you ever had a Jehovah Witness pair come to you, they'll always, once they get stuck, they'll jump over to the other one. That's just the way they do it. They're trained. They're ready to steal your soul. I love this. For the time will come when people will not put up a sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what the itching ears want them to hear. In other words, they're going to listen to who they want to listen to, not who they should be listening to. Now, what does it say there? It says, preach the word and admonish, rebuke, and encourage. 
Okay? So many places today, all they preach is encouragement. They don't preach the entire gospel. You see, I don't have to admonish you. I don't have to rebuke you. The Word of God will. I can't do that. All I can do is share with you. And I, I share under the anointing and I, I, I strive for a good, specific, powerful word for you. That's my, my intention every Sunday, every Wednesday, every whenever, Tuesday, Friday. But the point of it is, we have a world today that's full of encouragement that's nothing more than positive motivation to try to encourage you to smile and be happy, clappy, and tell everybody, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I had somebody tell me a few weeks ago, he said, I don't know what's wrong with my dad. He's, he's got some real serious issues. He's got some health issues. He, he's losing weight. And he said, I call him on the phone and he goes, I say, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How about you? Well, see, there's a time when your confession is getting goofy. You confess the word of God, but you also confront your enemies with the power of the Holy Spirit. I've never seen a war that the enemies weren't confronted. There was a victory for the, the victors. What we have today, we have, there are, and I'm telling you right now, I just want to be honest with you. Is okay? Yes. We have three of you. Okay, I'll get over here. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If you're listening to a bunch of preachers on the internet, you need to be careful who you're listening to. There are some pastors, and I can name a couple of them right here, right now, if I wanted to, that 10 years ago, they preached a good, strong message. And now they found a bunch of water. They're trying to water the gospel down a little bit because I don't think these people can take it. And they're changing their message, and they're taking away from the gospel, the power of the gospel, the power of God. It's what we need in our lives. And the gospel is the power of God to every one of us who will believe it. The seed is powerful and it's released in good ground. The good seed doesn't work if it's still in the barn. The good seed must be planted in good ground. There are messages of people who are going after numbers. There's a big church in Tulsa. They had a, some kind of a Easter message that, just to be honest, it looks satanic to me. I watched it on video because I heard some things and I always like to confirm before I jump off the wagon and, 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 and do something or say something. It looks satanic. Half-clad bodies gyrating all over the stage talking about Easter? That's doctrine of devils. And there's no place for it in the church of Jesus Christ. It's blasphemy. I'm not saying the intentions of that pastor aren't good, but I guarantee you he's deceived 
deceived. And he even came back and he had a message uh, on, on video afterwards, next day or, or two. I thought, well, maybe he's pulling some things back. I want to listen to it. No, he was talking about how great it was. Well, I tell you what, I want to throw up. Some of them aren't that blatant. Some of them are. Some of them are. And it's one thing when you love somebody that's LGBTQ as a person made in the image of God. But that doesn't mean that you love their behavior. It doesn't mean that we accept their behavior. We accept them as a person made in the image of God. And they're welcome here. Now, if they want to spew their stuff out and, and talk about it and, and, and go that way, we'll, we'll sit down and talk to them one-on-one. We're, we're not going to have it because it's, it's a doctrine of demons. You know, there was a recent survey taken and asked people who said they were Christians, can you change your gender? And this one person said, and the majority of Christians said, no, you can't, so we're okay. 57% said no, 43% said yes. Instead of 99 to 1. You see, it's creeping in little by little, here a little, there a little. And those people have problems. They have issues. People who rob banks have issues. People who shoot people have issues. People who abuse people have issues. We need to help them. We need to give them the truth, give them an opportunity to repent or do punishment, whatever the law says. Not just, okay, well, you can steal whatever you want to out of that store, just don't take over $1,000 worth. Now, I know I'm getting in somebody's business right now, but you're on YouTube. These people right here, they really got it made. But that's how we need to respond. Jesus never accepted anybody's behavior. He accepted them as a person. Take your pick. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery. The woman at the well. The madman of Gesera. The, the uh, Zacchaeus. The tax collectors cheating everybody. He spent time with them. He worked with them. He told them the truth. And they accepted the truth. And God changed their lives. And they came from, I was once a sinner, but now I'm saved. I was once blind, but now I see. Those things were stories in their lives that were true that happened. And I know the personal salvation experience of Jesus Christ because I was a dum-dum. I was, thought I was a hot shot. Instead of just a cool little salamander through the water. That Jesus Christ saw me, reached down and picked me up, whispered in my ear, and I gave up. Folks, this is the most glorious thing in the world that we can have, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. God will take you, He will carry you, He will take you through difficulties. Don't you dare give up. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is accurate. The Word of God is for you. You mix a little faith with it. You be good ground and praise God. God will do things in you that you never thought of. And it'll be good stuff. But the truth of it is that when the gospel is preached, there will be admonishment and there will be rebuking and there will be encouragement. Don't fall for the the candy-coated stuff that's got fentanyl inside of it. 
Oh, that looks like it's just something there. Bloom. What we want is the pure Word of God. We need it. We need that lamp to our feet, a lot into our path. We need that. It's God has placed it in our lives and given us the potential to secure the road of life each day of our lives. No matter what you feel like, you know the truth. And yeah, some days, you know, I mean, I struggle sometimes on Mondays because I come off a high on Sunday. And, and I struggle sometimes and I think, you know, I need to get my lazy self up and get going because that's true. I don't care what I feel like. I'm going to do the truth. It's Jesus has called me to do the truth. And the Holy Ghost takes his boot and kicks me out on the floor. And I'm out running. Praise God. Would you bow with me this morning, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the gospel. The power of God into salvation and to everyone who will believe. We thank you that you've called us into the kingdom of God and that you've done everything necessary for us to be able to have a changed life. Everything necessary for us to be born again. Everything necessary for our sins to be forgiven. Everything necessary for us to put off the old and take on the new and to dig through the jewels and uh, the, the golden treasures of life which your word releases into us. Thank you for communion with you and with each other. Thank you, Lord God, that you're in the restoration, the redemption, the making new, making all things new in our lives. You're totally into it and you're totally provided everything necessary so that those things could happen in our lives. Father, we thank you for the word of God which is the power of God into salvation. It's a gospel message. It's the unlocking key to the entire gospel that you've made and proclaimed, brought about, given us, opened the doors to, made available for us. Thank you, Father, for discernment for each person listening to this right now, that there's discernment in our lives to be able to pick out that Seed which is not good seed. And to be able to know that you're making us good ground each and every day of our lives. As we turn things to you, then you take it as only you could, as only you would. Make it life, not death. Make it powerful, not weak. Make it strong. Make it to be a glory to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Now, remaining in an attitude of prayer, if, if you have never been made new by born-again or salvation experience, today's your day. All you need to do is say yes to Jesus, believe that God raised him from the dead, and to call him the boss of your life. Rather than you rule your life, let him rule your life. And he will, and he'll do a great job at it. A lot better than you could ever do. He sure has in my life. And in other words, the scripture says, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess Jesus as Lord. And then that's when things change 
and they start. And then as you get into the word, as you fellowship with other believers, as you get in a good church that preaches the word of God, as those things are happening in your life, then you'll start growing in him. And you can grow in this life as much as you want to, as fast as you want to. If that's you today, then in the name of Jesus, I ask you to commit your life to him. If you've slipped away from God and you're not walking for him, you're just, you, you've been playing games or you've been into sin or you've just been complacent, then it's okay. All you have to do is confess your sins. He will forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. All it takes is a meaningful prayer. All it takes is to be able to confess your sins to him, your faults to others, that you may be healed in the name of Jesus. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand real high in this auditorium. Thank you for that hand. Are there any others? Thank you for that hand. Are there any others? If you're on YouTube or you're watching from the video on our website, talking to you too. Somebody pointed his finger at the camera on me one time and told me that I needed Jesus. And the Holy Spirit nudged me. Yep, you sure do, Dan. It's a call to step out of darkness into light. And whether you're being born again today or whether you're reconfirming your relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to make sure that you get what you need in the way of attention, the way of knowledge, the way of some little books or something to help you out. If you'll write us, give us an email. It's on the website. Give us an email. It's on YouTube. Come by and knock on our doors. Come to church on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Wednesday night, 7, 6800 North Brown, Oklahoma City, US of A, 73121. Yeah. We'd love to see you face to face. And if you're here today, we want to make sure before you leave that we give you some materials to take with you, okay? Praise God. Let us all join in a confirmation of our faith. If you believe what we're going to say, if you believe it, then confess it, okay? Please, if you believe what I say, I would ask you to say the same words in unison, okay? Say this. Dear God in heaven, I'm sorry for my sins. I've done awful things. I need you. I ask you to forgive me my sins. I confess right now, God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord, as the boss of my life. I believe in you. I put my trust in you. I ask you to help me along the way to this new life in Christ. Thank you that according to your word, if I believe and I confess that I'm a new Christian, the old is gone, behold, all things have become new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Kelly. The Word of God is rich and powerful. Hallelujah. It brings salvation to our lives, doesn't it? 
Hallelujah. Amen. I want to uh, remind you uh, of, of the Word of God when we uh, are in our uh, giving. And think of everything that our God has done for us. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, Remember the Lord your God. Remember what? For it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He's the one who gave it to you. He opened the doors for you. Hallelujah. He's the one who places it there. And so we want to respond back. Hallelujah. And give Him what really rightfully belongs to Him. Hallelujah. If we are good stewards of, of that which has been given to us. Amen? Hallelujah. And part of that stewardship is giving to him. Hallelujah. So don't forget that. Uh, don't forget, you know, we give different ways here. You know, you can text to give. You can do, go online to give. Or we have the envelopes there in the back. Okay? And then don't forget, also, we have um, Wednesday evenings in which we are doing a study on the awe of God by John Bevere. We're into week four. Uh, snacks and fellowship at 645, and the class begins at 7. And so I want to also uh, last minute share a few things, especially for your moms and the ladies. So uh, mamas, uh, there are some bags of chocolates back there, a very special kind. I think they're called Ghirardelli. And so take a bag with you on your way out today. Uh, and, uh, and then we also have quite a few carnations remaining. So if you are a mom, but also just a, a lady, okay, I want you to take several with you on the way home today. Amen? Amen. Stand, everybody. This is a good day. The word of God has been shared. We are uplifted. We've been strengthened in the things and the ways of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and we get to do it together. Look around. Just, just look around right now. Look at the family of God. This is a local family of God. We've got millions of other families of God around the world. This is the local family of God. Love on one another when you leave today. Take the word of God with you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. So go and be that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may go. If you need prayer, we're up here to help you. Okay. And pray with you. Amen.